The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheltiel, and Sheltiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So, all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation of Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is his name, which you will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. He shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. This is his name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This is his name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Please now recite with me uh, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Please enjoy Audrey singing, Comfort, Comfort Ye My People for us.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who gives and who strengthens our faith. The words for our sermon this evening are from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 that we have just read. King Edward VIII of England is not the heroic king who led the British against war and oppression. He was not the famed leader who put the needs of the people before the crown. He was not the inspiration for a Shakespearean play or for folk singers or for movie producers. King Edward VIII actually was a disappointing king who abdicated his throne to marry a divorced woman. Names like Henry V and Richard the Lionheart, Elizabeth I, and even Elizabeth II will be remembered through the ages, but not Edward. Edward is barely more than a brief footnote and a black mark on the British monarchy. St. Matthew introduces Jesus to his readers by tracing the lineage of the promised Messiah through kings and patriarchs, heroes, and disappointments. He begins his gospel with the words, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Matthew packs great meaning into that first sentence. He takes the reader back to Jesus' ancestors and the prophecies of the long-awaited Savior. Jesus came to be greater than his fathers David and Abraham by ushering in the kingdom that has no end. God's plan from before the foundation of the world was that one of David and Abraham's descendants would be the one who would redeem God's people. There's great interest in genealogy today. In the past, interest was usually confined to one dutiful family member who would gather all the information and begin reconstructing the family tree. But now, in today's times, genealogy websites have simplified the work so that even the most casual observers are able to explore their family's histories and better understand their pasts. The advances of study of, in the study of DNA are also allowing people to explore more than just one or two branches of the family tree and also to understand how all the generations of the past have come together in each unique individual family member. In these weeks of Advent, the sermons will help us unpack the significance of Jesus' genealogy and how God was at work weaving his plan of salvation throughout the history of his chosen people. And tonight, we'll see how David's son is David's Lord and rules on David's throne forever. Unlike King Edward VIII of England, King David is considered the great hero of Judah and Israel. After those kingdoms fell on account of sin and unbelief, many waited in hope that one of David's descendants would come to restore Israel to its former glory. And they hoped 
for a warrior king, a warrior king who would crush their enemies and make them a nation that would again be feared. But why does Matthew call Jesus the son of David when he was the son of other kings as well? Jesus was also a descendant of Manasseh, the king who led Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the Amorites and the nations before them. Why did Matthew not want to focus on, say, Manasseh, the king who sacrificed his own sons to false gods and filled Jerusalem with blood from one side of the city to the other? No one wants to remember Manasseh because he was a failure. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, like many before and many after. He was like King Edward VIII, an embarrassment, a shameful excuse for a king. But Matthew includes the genealogy precisely because He wants to remind us that Jesus came to save and redeem all the greatest heroes and the worst failures. We could just as easily call Jesus the son of Manasseh because it would remind us that Jesus' purpose in coming to this earth was not to return Judah and Israel to their former glory, but to establish an eternal kingdom. One that is founded not on account of power and might, but mercy and grace. He came to rescue all of those whose hearts were stained by sin. David, the man after God's own heart, also did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. The boy who slew the giant Goliath would need someone to rescue him. King David would be reminded by the prophet Nathan of his own sin and his own need for a savior. Confronted by his own sin, David acknowledged that he was sinful from the time that he was conceived. The great and mighty King David would bow before God in repentance begging God not to banish him from the Lord's presence, nor take the Holy Spirit from him. David, the shepherd who struck down both lion and bear, was easy prey for the prowling lion Satan. And therefore, David needed a greater shepherd to strike down the devil. The mighty King David. King David, who triumphed over all his foes, could not master sin and death. And so he would need one to triumph over these foes for him. A man who had everything he could imagine, and to whom God would have given even more, was not content. Not content with that which he had already received. And so instead... He took Bathsheba as his wife, even though that meant murdering her husband. Yes, he did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Yet God was merciful, merciful, and restored him by forgiving him all his sins, 
for the sake of his descendant who was to come. During one of the confrontations between Jesus and the Pharisees, Jesus asked those Pharisees, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They answered, The son of David. But then Jesus responded by quoting Psalm 110 and asking them how David could call his own descendant his Lord. The Pharisees never would understand. But the mighty King David believed. He believed that his own descendant would be infinitely greater than he and would indeed come to be his Lord. The Apostle Peter also quoted Psalm 110 in his Pentecost sermon, the sermon about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Peter noted that David's own descendants would reign on his throne, but this descendant and king would be different from his father David, who died and is buried to this day. David's son was raised from the dead and ascended to the Heavenly Father's right hand. Isaiah prophesied the Messiah reigning on David's throne forever with these words from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Jesus is also a king with a crown of thorns, a crown of thorns adorning his head. He was covered not in beautiful robes, but in sin and shame. He was the son sacrificed for the sins of his fathers Manasseh and David. The line of Judah became the lamb who was slain. He is the king who put the needs of the people before the crown. In fact, he gave up his crown and abdicated the throne but not for his own selfish desires, but that he might save the nation. Jesus Christ is the king who put the needs of the people before the crown, and he did so because it was better that one man should die for the nation than that the entire nation would perish, even if it meant it was the king who died. And so the king took on the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. On that day, the inscription over his head was the only thing that would mark Jesus as a king. But there, the son of David 
died. He died for David and Manasseh, for kings and queens, for peasants and paupers, for rich and poor, for strong and weak, for young and old, for sinners from every family. You are also sons of David. For you have inherited from David his sin and his shame. Yet Jesus, the son of David, came to save all who share in David's weakness, share in his frailty, and share in his sin. And not just David, but all of his sinful children. So, Matthew begins his gospel. Against this gospel which focuses on the kingdom of God coming near to us by calling Jesus the son of David. For Jesus ushers in the kingdom of heaven that is proclaimed in his word and given to us by grace and received by faith. Therefore we can join with King David and sing, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. Thanks be to God that Christ's kingdom has come among us also. In the name of Jesus, amen.